This is an explicit podcast meant for those over the age of 18. Any views expressed in this podcast are based solely on our own experiences. This podcast does not constitute as medical or other professional advice. Welcome to Front Porch Swingers, where we talk about sex on our terms. We talk swinging, hot wifing, BDSM, and so much more in the hopes that we will inspire you to enjoy sex on your terms. Enjoy the show, everybody. Hey everyone, welcome to Front Porch Swingers. I'm Brenna. I'm Brian. Today's episode of FPS is brought to you by our friends over at Promescent. They have an array of amazing, sexy products to help you out in the bedroom. Perfect time to try them out right now, including their delay spray, which we've been using quite a bit in our own bedroom when we want to extend the sexy fun time. They also have a warming gel, which I've been using a lot with the wand. It uh, goes on the, the clitoral area and makes everything warm and just a little bit extra spicy and it really been enjoying that during this time because I've been masturbating a lot lately. Yeah, like every other day, basically. Yeah, like a ton. And yeah. it's really just giving me that little bit of extra zest that I want. You can check out the whole line of Promescent products over at promescent.com. That is P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T.com. And if you use our promo code, which is FPS15, FPS15, you'll get 15% off of your order. Yeah, and we actually just received a comment on our YouTube video that we did for Promescent, and the folks that uh, left a comment apparently purchased some of the delay spray, and they ha- they say that it is their go-to now. They have been using it exclusively, and it has helped them tremendously. So get on it. It's good stuff. Hell yes. We also have some other sponsors of our podcast today, and that is our Patreon community. Yes. Our amazing friends on Patreon. We want to give a shout out to our newest Patreon members today. That is P and K, uh, Mateo, Rick, Joe King, and Richie. Thank you guys so much for jumping on board. I will say during our time at home, our Patreon community has really been our entertainment, our way to connect with people, to share sexy things, to receive some level of normalcy in our lives and I think it's also just an amazing community especially our telegram group a great place to connect with other like-minded people during this time so if you want to jump in on all of that fun plus receive bonus episodes of front porch swingers be invited to our digital hangouts and so many other bonuses you can head on over to patreon.com slash front porch swingers today check out the tiers and uh, we'd love you for it yeah patreon has really become our go-to place for interaction with folks our telegram group is awesome we interact daily with everyone and Telegram. We've had a number of virtual hangouts, plan to do more next week, potentially next weekend. So it's really been kind of our solace in this crazy time. Absolutely. So we hope to see you there, guys. All right. So what's going on in our lives? Well, a lot of the usual, but things are uh, getting back to normal to some degree, some level of normal, I guess, right? Yeah. Starting tomorrow. The new normal. Yeah. The new normal. What will be the new normal? You made us dinner reservations, which should be I interesting. Did. I our- did. Our state has opened back up for for dining, so we're going to go have a nice dinner together and see what it's like. Yeah, (laughs) our favorite restaurant, and uh, yeah, it's going to be different. I was there, obviously, they're my customer, Friday, and it looks very different in there. A lot lot less seats, a lot less tables, no bar stools. It's going to be different. Yeah. New menu. You know, it's going to be interesting. It's a new, uh, it's the new way things are going to be. Yeah, we're just going to make the best of it, you know? So I'm I'm eager to get out and see people. Yes, me too. That's really what it is. Just go out and interact with other people just like you normally would on any other Monday date night. Hell yeah. Maybe brunch next Sunday too. Yes, they will get be back open to for our, brunch. Get back to some sort of brunch 
uh, tradition. <laughs> yeah. Well, our new one is virtual hangout with our Telegram friends, which I really enjoy because we don't have to leave the house. I can wear my apron and nothing else. And we just drink mimosas. <laughs> it's quite lovely, actually. I think everyone appreciates that as well. Yeah. Brian, it looks like you're dressed. Well, at least just that you have a top off and your apron on. Yeah. And everyone assumes you have pants on until you turn around and go grab something off the counter and your entire ass is hanging out. Yes. I rarely and of have course, on pants. All the girls are like, woo. And I'm like, yeah, that's my man. He's yeah. sexy. There's rare. <laughs> Rarely a time I'm running around the house with pants on. So anyway, I'm looking forward to uh, getting back to it. Yeah, so tomorrow night, date night, it's it's on. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, so we had some interesting single guy interaction. You actually just mentioned one of those single guys. And I think it's important that we mention the message that he sent. Yeah, well, let's talk about the single guy tip of the week first, because I think so we've been receiving a lot of communication like we talked about last week from single guys during this time is like our state begins to kind of reopen and people are kind of trying to find their way in all of this. We've been receiving a lot of messages and some of them are pretty horrible. Yeah. And like we talked about on previous episodes, one of the things that both of us are trying to do is have a little bit of empathy and not immediately jump to go fuck yourself when we get a horrible message. So I've really been trying and i'll admit this is not my strong suit <laughs> no particularly is with, with some of them as bad as they are yes dealing with some of this is far from my niche okay but i've really really been trying because i want to understand where these guys are coming from and even if they're not a good match for us we talked about this on the episode um, where we were talking about single guys and couples and how we can better interact with each other one of the things i personally really want to work on is like sending them out into the world with maybe just a little bit better of an understanding. Yeah, like we talked about with Kate and Daryl, it's really just paying it forward. Hopefully, if we are in a, con- a connect with them, the next person or couple that they interact with maybe benefits from it. Right. So I've been doing that. So for example, I received several messages in the past week or so on our BDSM site that we use, and most of them were atrocious. Things like, oh, I really love this picture of you that we have you know, on our profile. I would love to come all over that face. Or one of them literally was like, titty fucking you would be one of the best experiences of my life. That was his opening message to me. Well, but here's the thing. So yes, this has absolutely been a, it's kind of an ongoing thing with these guys, especially now as they start coming out of the ether of all of this insanity. Because as you said, we talked about this a lot. A lot of things aren't going to be made available to us in our area either as it pertains to recreation. So I think certainly people are out looking for other things to do, looking for real (laughs) recreation. But also the fact that you're getting those and you man, I should say man, you manage our BDSM site profile. The fact that you're getting them there tells me something because that's never a thing on on a BDSM site. That's almost never happened. You almost don't get that grotesque a response not as often right so what does that say people are throwing it out there they're throwing a wide net so they've never been on this site before some of these single guys and now they're like oh hey this may be another avenue boom they're putting out uh, you know some profile and then just reaching out atrociously to everybody and i think it's just par for the course everyone's trying to figure out which direction to go yes they're they're just throwing just just a wide net is what they're doing that's why you're getting a lot of that stuff i'm still getting responses on that now five month old ad that we had going looking for single guys in our area. <laughs> and it's literally like they don't even read the fucking thing. Right. You know, because as I said, I think the the title of it was like Sunday Fun Day or something like that. And they're like, hey, what do you, you know, I'm, I'm available this Sunday. Like, dude, that was 
that's five months ago. You're you're clearly not paying attention to the date. So yeah, I think again they're just trying to get out there, get their feet wet again, and trying to see uh, you know check the temperature of all this. Which I have no problem with them reaching out, but you know what I have said to every single one of these guys that has reached out with something horrible is, hey, just so you know, I don't appreciate being spoken to that way, especially on an initial message. That may work with some other people, but I think you'd have a lot more luck and a lot more uh, success reaching out this way, X, Y, and Z. You know, for future reference, my name is Brenna and I like to be treated with respect no matter whether it's digital or in person. And half the time I get no message back, which I'm actually okay with, whatever. You probably read it and then decided that I wasn't a good fit for you, which is totally fine. The other half, half of the time, I receive a message back that is basically go fuck yourself or you are a bitch or why do you get to fucking tell me what to do? And I read back through every single time and go, okay, did I say something that was really shitty? Did I, you know, somehow was I offensive and didn't realize it? Like, what's the issue here? No, it is that these guys fucking hate to be criticized which i don't fucking get because it's like the whole point of you reaching out is to get laid so i'm telling you how to better get laid and you're like go fuck yourself well because they assume that they know better than you do well i'm the woman so trust me you don't right but that's i mean there's your single guy tip is what that's what we're talking about here if you get a response like that guys and it's cogently written and it's polite and it's thoughtful and maybe it's not a connection but it's someone that's trying to help you improve your chances of success or just even i'm not even to me i'm not saying this is what you need to do i'm saying i'm providing some advice as someone who is in the hot wifing world as someone who really enjoys single guys and enjoys when they reach out a certain way so you may want to consider doing this going forward because this is how it's worked for us right that's all i'm saying and they are so fucking butthurt about it which tells me and basically the single guy tip of the week this week is take constructive criticism be willing to accept that advice from people we do it all the time with our couple friends friends or we'll hear a story of something that's happened and go, oh, okay, that's a no-no. We, we're not going to do that going forward. We're, we're always willing to morph and change. Right. And I think you have to be in this world, especially as a single guy. Particularly as a single guy. Yeah. So take that criticism, turn it around, use it, and just you know don't be shitty about it, obviously. And certainly I hope what's not happening is when they receive a message back from you where you know there is some constructive criticism and a very polite decline that no interest kind of thing but you know maybe give this some thought food for thought sharpen this up a little bit that they're not going to the next couple and being even more disrespectful or rude because they're just butthurt over the fact that they were criticized or they were turned down to well i think degree. part of it i honestly believe that part of it is that they are not capable of doing what i say that they should do they're not capable of putting a very cogent thoughtful message together sending it out having a constructive conversation and therefore they're pissed that that's the way that they should be going because they know they're not capable of it it's but yeah absolutely and then of course on the flip side you received probably one of the best messages from a single guy i think we've ever gotten Yeah, Richie, who is our newest Patreon member, reached out today and just basically said that he listens to the show, that he really appreciates what we do for single guys, which I sometimes think is, we have a very controversial, there's some controversy around single guy tip of the week, (laughs) which is, it is what it is, but we really are trying to help. And I think when we, when single guys understand that, or when people in general understand that, and they can take away some of our, you know, we're a little brash sometimes, we get that but when they can take that away and dig through to the actual 
tip that we're providing, the the constructive criticism, and they can take it and run with it, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And when some guys get it, this gentleman absolutely did. His his message was amazing. You read it to me earlier today, and I thought, wow, that's like the example of what these messages should sound like. Yes. You know, that's how they should all read. Well written and thoughtful and kind, and yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I mean, obviously complimentary and appreciative really just very nice it was really it was it was very much appreciated it was cool yeah Yeah. so take the criticism gents take the criticism it's it's, take the ego out of it there's so much ego and don't take this offensively because you're a dude but there is so much fucking ego associated with men and sex of course it's fucking insane we've talked about it so many times but it's like it resonates so hard when i receive some of these messages from guys when i try to give them a piece of advice and they just shit all over me it's like they they are so tied to their sex and to their dicks that the idea of you not wanting their dick is like the worst thing that could ever fucking happen. Well, I, I literally had this conversation uh, with Adam from uh, the Naked Relationship, one half of the Naked Relationship podcast. I interviewed him the other day. We had a great conversation that'll be coming out soon. But I had this conversation with him, and I we not only did we have it as as, as coming from the straight guy perspective, from a bisexual man's perspective, because Adam is bisexual, and I asked him what that was like, and you know what it was like to interact with other guys that are either straight or also identify as bisexual, and the answer is pretty eye-opening it's like it doesn't matter what you how you identify guys pretty much have this fucking problem it doesn't really matter it's like it's a genetic thing you know i thought it was i I just found it interesting i don't know if it's a i don't think it's a genetic thing i think it's a they're predisposed to it because of like how they're you know brought up like societal norms yeah for sure it's all yeah it's all that dumb shit but it's definitely it was definitely interesting i found it really humorous i'm excited for that yeah and we should also say that episode's going to be coming out later this week yes so stay tuned for that i'm really excited i have not heard any of it i haven't started editing it yet but i'm pumped for it because adam's cool and from what you've told me about the conversation i think it's going to be really eye-opening i think so too it was very interesting uh he's got an amazing perspective he's super i mean just really he's like he's engaged he's just a sharp guy i just enjoy talking to him cool yeah so step it up gentlemen it's uh it's summertime take the feedback time to get out there and have fun it's the same things guys that are like oh don't tell me how to eat pussy i know how to eat pussy it's like bitch no you don't otherwise i wouldn't be telling you how to do it (laughs) well even if you well even if a guy has had success with that in the past everyone's different all women are different yeah so just take the criticism and don't even see it as criticism take it at take the advice yeah take the help well and why not like what i don't understand it don't you want to be as accommodating as possible and have give your partner whoever that may be the best possible experience so if she wants you to, you know to do whatever it is that you need to do to make that happen why would you, you fucking do, that? do whatever you got to do you twist your fingers in whatever direction yeah. you figure it out with your tongue you get that <laughs> suction go you do whatever the hell it takes yeah step it up step your game up oh jeez yeah it's, right. you're on yeah you've got a it's a much it's a much more you know this is a very fragile place right now for single dudes particularly you know <laughs> i mean you're in a you're in a tough spot there's a whole lot of factors here so you definitely want to be like in the top 10 percentile yeah but also when it starts being safe for people to get back out there they're going to want to be out there so there's going to be opportunities for the right single guys well that's my thing i think as we talked about before you know there's going to be opportunity but those opportunities are going to be fewer there's going to be fewer of those opportunities than there were i think before all of this craziness for at least a period of time maybe people I, i think people are going to be much more 
I don't know that selective is the right word, but certainly they're going to be more strategic about with whom they play and how that play goes and, and all those kinds of things. So it's, listen, it's, it's always beneficial to be in that upper percent percentile. Yeah. You know, just, just do well, Why best. wouldn't you want to anyway? Yeah. Just, yeah. Don't just like it for in. your own sake. Like, why would you want to fucking do it half ass? Yeah. I get it. Don't C- do anything half ass in your life. C's get degrees. I get it. But maybe <laughs> you want to be a valedictorian in this particular case. <laughs> You know, you may want to finish at the top of your fucking class when it comes to getting late. I'm just throwing that out. Yeah. There, you know, don't so. just squeak by and take no. the, the fucking diploma home with you. Yeah. You do yeah. not want to squeak by in this. I just don't feel like that's a good plan. <laughs> All right. I like it. Yeah. Good advice. Yeah. So we are going to talk uh, today candidly about a few things that you and I haven't even shared with each other, really. We've shared, I mean, we've definitely shared them, but I'm not sure we've ever really delved into them. And I think the why behind us doing it on the podcast as well is because we used to talk a lot about our BDSM play, and I think we still kind of sprinkle it in. It has definitely taken a back seat to other types of play for us, but uh, it's a huge part of our lives, and it's something that we get a lot of questions about. And we wanted to talk a little bit about our origin stories in the world of BDSM, A, because I think they're interesting, but B, because it's also how you and I came together. It absolutely is. And yeah, there's some, it's interesting. Mine obviously goes way back because I'm old. And so (laughs) that'll be interesting if you and I have that conversation. Obviously, when we first met, our conversations in, in their entirety for the first, I don't know, two weeks, three weeks were surrounded by what we wanted out of this particular let's call it relationship that you and I were entering into. And initially it was a More BDSM. More of an arrangement. Yeah, it was yeah. a BDSM arrangement, which yeah. is what you and I were getting into. That was the plan initially. And those conversations were very much in depth. But the one thing we didn't really discuss was where our proclivity for that world came from or how it really came to be. Or why we were looking for that again, right. which right. is something I really honestly believe we've never talked about. You know, Not it was really. just kind of like we fell into this thing. We expected it to be a BDSM arrangement. And instead we fell head over heels in with each other and it really was no longer that and we never talked about it again but i think it's really interesting especially as we look for new partners as we kind of decide where we want to go with our future in terms of hot wifing and swinging in general i know that i want it to be a piece of of our play and being able to explain that to each other i think is a big deal yeah and i think it's uh, it's important to note that that's a big part of why the relationship between yourself and Clint is really so good because there's a there's a big BDSM component there yes. that you share with him that you and I don't necessarily share as much anymore because of how our relationship has changed. Right. You know, we've we've pivoted a great deal from the beginning of our relationship. What like a lot of people do, for sure, but it is interesting that that's how we got started and changed very quickly. We are obviously still very much into the BDSM space, but the truth of the matter is some of the things that took place here in our hometown, while we, because we did delve into it deeply for a while, we were going to the munches and going to the meetings and going to the events, going to the house parties. The problem is it is an incredibly judgmental space. And here locally. Here locally. It's very not not in not in my past uh, experiences, but here. Or mine. No, here it's gigantically it's very segregated, it's very judgmental. And the idea that we were ethically non-monogamous and that we were swingers turned these people sour in public. In private, however, they were very quick to reach out to us privately and ask if we would get together and meet them That's for drinks. That's because you're sexy. Yeah, just, no, it was <laughs> complete horseshit. And we just didn't abide by it. We didn't like it. And we found it kind of disingenuous and bailed. So it kind of turned us off to it a little bit here. Yeah, but let's talk about the origin. Like, where did, do you want to start or do you want me to? No, why don't you start? And then again, we're going to talk about how we, 
how this whole thing came to be for us and what that you writing that ad was like uh, <laughs> and my response to it. So you, you go ahead and take it. So when I think back, it actually didn't hit me until about a year ago where my BDSM origin started from. Because I had not a boyfriend, but like a guy that I would hang out with a lot in junior high who used to tie me up. It was not sexual. There was no sexual contact whatsoever, but he would tie me up at my house. He would come over and bring over rope and tie me up and I would get like... Not necessarily even turned on, but just very like thoughtful about the whole thing. Like it put me in a weird mental headspace and I really enjoyed it. So wait a minute. Hold on. So you're in junior (laughs) high. Yeah. This guy comes to the house. Yeah. Because I can, because I'm envisioning you in junior high being at your parents' house, knowing your parents, obviously. Yeah. So you're in your room. No, not in my room, like in our basement. In the basement. Okay. What is he, first of all, what's he tying you to? Just tying you, like tying your hands, tying your feet? Yeah, like hog tying and stuff. Or like doing like intricate rope ties on my wrists and stuff. And he would look things up and then tie me. And there was no sex at all? No, not at all. Were you not attracted to this guy? No, that it wasn't that, that wasn't what it was. So how did that even start? It wasn't a boyfriend. It wasn't anything like that. Like, hey, let's go study. Oh, and by the way, I've got this nylon rope. I can't even remember exactly what it was. I think we were watching a movie one day and then he was like, oh, by the way, I've been like learning some new knots. I should show them to you and i was like okay not really understanding what i know this whole thing is very strange very bizarre and i didn't think about it for years because then it was like that and then after junior high i never saw him again right we weren't friends or anything after that and then all through high school there was nothing i didn't i didn't have sex at all in high school i was not a sexual being and then i got married to a very vanilla person and so it was years in between that experience in junior high and when i finally got back into it but i would fantasize about it all the time yeah that had to manifest itself somehow (laughs) there's no question about it yeah so yeah that's that's interesting so no sex just come hey listen i'm gonna come over we're gonna study some algebra and I'm going to tie you up and, you know, just leave you there. Yeah. Strange. Which is also proof that, like, BDSM doesn't have to be a sexual thing. There's lots no. of, like, rope rigging classes yeah. and, like, shibari rope classes, things like that, that you keep your clothes on the entire time. There is no sexual contact. It's just, it really is an art form. Well, and I think, yeah. I would assume, I once again, I lost contact with this guy, but I bet you anything, he's roping people now. Yeah, he's a shibari master somewhere. <laughs> well, we've been to a number of events and, and, and house parties that were BDSM in nature, and there was always a room or an area that was segregated for sexual activity, whatever that was. And those rooms were never occupied during the event. Like there were obviously demos going on and that kind of thing, but we there were there was never a time where people were actually having intercourse. No. It was always simply about whatever the demos were and just being around other like-minded BDSM people. But those rooms were never occupied. I always found that interesting. Yeah. Well, I think that speaks to the fact that BDSM can be sexual, but it is not innately in itself a sexual thing. No, no. It's much more of a mental space. So then, you know, flash forward, I am leaving a marriage and I have known all of this time. I've, you know, been watching porn and I've known that I'm into these things, but could never really express them. And for the first time in my life, I am single. I am able to do what I want. And I immediately start going to munches. And I had a very different experience. Granted, I'm a single woman now going to these munches. I'm in my mid-20s and I was making friends very easily. I made friends with a couple who are much older than me, but so thoughtful and interesting. They actually were from the East Coast and were 
part owners in a dungeon at one point. Right. So very experienced people who like were so into that world, knew everything, had spent 25 plus years studying uh, the worlds of BDSM and all the different types of play. And um, they were actually my first mentors in the lifestyle. And once again, not a sexual thing at all. These were people who just wanted to show me things, who were eager to share their thoughts and ideas with me. And I learned everything from like, I learned to top and bottom for impact play. I learned to top and bottom for certain types of tying. I never really got into the time because as you know, I am I have the mind of a seven-year-old and either sitting for or learning how to tie for long periods of time, I'm not built for that shit. Yes, too. You, you don't have the patience for that. But it was very interesting. And I mean, the, the list goes on. I learned about, you know, breast and nipple torture and cock and ball torture and so many different things, half of which I knew I personally wasn't interested in, but I thought it was good to at least be exposed to. Right. Because my whole thought was, okay, I'm going to get all of this knowledge and then I'm going to go into a BDSM dynamic with someone. Right. Which... Is why I reached out to you. So how much? Granted, I was going over there once a week. Right. So this was something I was really into. I was reading books. I was listening to podcasts. I was immersing myself in this world because it opened up a whole new world to me in terms of not only my own personal sexuality, but just understanding the world around me. It's like for the first time ever, this small town girl from Montana <laughs> is seeing that you don't have to be fucking normal. And maybe normal isn't the right way to go. And maybe normal's boring. Yeah. Well, but you, there was, you had at least had one relationship before me that was to some degree BDSM in nature, right? Or some, you had experiences. Um, yeah, I wouldn't call it a relationship. I would call it, um, a fling. Right. Yeah. I mean, I definitely had, I guess, interacted with people. I guess my point is I never had an actually romantic relationship or a long-term relationship that had any sort of BDSM component to it. Right. And what was really interesting is I actually tried to date another vanilla guy while I was being mentored and learning about this world. And I wanted to try to talk to him about like, here are some of the things that interest me. I remember <laughs> I showed him a pair of handcuffs, handcuffs, which are fucking nothing. Vanilla couples have handcuffs. Yeah, they're furry and shit or pink or whatever. <laughs> exactly. And he's like, oh, no, I don't know about all this. And I was like, I just can't fucking do this again. I cannot yeah. go back into another vanilla relationship because... Like this whole part of me had opened up and I felt like if I did that again, I was like putting myself back in the closet. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, listen, yeah, we're, you and I have had this conversation. We uh, both experienced similar kind of circumstances when it came to relationships. We, I certainly for a long time would go from one relationship to another and basically it was the same relationship essentially. Knowing full well after one had ended that I, I knew what I didn't want, knew what I did want, but for whatever reason fell right back into the same relationship and none of them were ever completely fulfilling for me. So again, I, I take full responsibility. It was my fault and most of all of those circumstances because I was the one that was completely dissatisfied and just restless, you know, no question. I know what that's like, which is how you and I met. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is so this very short term, once again, vanilla relationship ended because I saw myself going down that path of like, oh, my family's going to like him and he has a good job and he's really smart and, you know, on paper, he's great. But I know this isn't going to fucking work out because I need more. Right. And that's when I drunkenly posted a Craigslist ad for a casual encounter. Yeah, I don't I bar I barely remember what that thing, how it read. 
but whatever it was got my attention because although apparently you did it while you were intoxicated, it was <laughs> it was well written, it was thoughtful, but it was very succinct. Like it was very clear that whoever was writing this had just had some experience of some kind and was like, I am fucking done with that. This is what I'm looking for. It was like bullet pointed, like right down the line. Like these are the things that you must bring to the table. Please do not respond to this ad if all of these things are not in alignment. And that's why I responded to it. I think part of it too is I had this mentor couple who had this amazing relationship. They were the most like open people. They had a completely open marriage and they they were actually the first non-monogamous people I ever knew. And they also, you know, were so in love with each other and they just had this amazing connection. So I was seeing that all the time and I'm like, fuck, I want that. I don't know how to get that. And I thought the first logical step was to like actually have a long-term you know dom sub type dynamic with somebody and never in a million years realizing that it would become a relationship but more so just like i'm going to test this out and see how it works for me right that makes sense so i respond to the ad of course because i have just i basically have just gotten into town really permanently i guess for the first time i've been back and forth a number of times coming back from uh from denver for work and so I finally got back. I'm literally, I remember sitting in my, my house, the house that I rented that you and I lived in for a while, uh, in that chair in the living room, and just looking through ads, like, let me see what the hell is going on in this town. And let's face it, there was not a lot happening on <laughs> Craigslist in this town. And that's the one that jumped out at me. And I thought, okay, she clearly knows what she wants. Yeah. There's no reason for me at this point, knowing virtually no one here, to, to, to do anything other than specifically what I want to do. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I'm going to send it out. And I think I sent out, I thought at the time I sent out an ad or a response that was, again, thoughtful. It was well-written. I really, I really thought about it before I sent it out. I sent, you would ask for pictures, very clearly, specifically asked for, for specific types of pictures. I sent those three, those three images and I thought, okay, Let's see what happens. So you got it, but you were inundated with responses. Oh, I received om- probably almost 200. And sure. most of them, much like what we talked about with our single guy tip of the week this week, were crude and crass and horrible and talking about the things they would do to me or like when you, what couple of them, of course, because you put something related to BDSM in it, uh, make sure that your next email responds to me as sir. Like, go fuck yourself, you fucking idiot. So out of 200 emails, how many dick pics do you think you got? A (laughs) hundred. Yeah, just to be clear, not one of my three pictures was a dick pic. No. No, because I specifically said I want clothed PG pictures of your fucking face. Yeah, full body, face, you know, the whole nine yards, which is what I sent you. So so you responded to two ads. Yes. Right? Yep. So the first one, you actually responded to someone before because he sent you an ad before or a response before I did. Yes. What was that like? Well, I went out on a date with him and it was very obvious that this was not going to be a connection. He was incredibly beta. I actually think that he was probably more geared towards me doming him than the other way around or topping him. But um, yeah, I mean, just obviously not a good fit. Really nice guy, very attractive, but it just wasn't, you know. And of course, after that, I'm like, well, this was a fucking waste of my time. Right. And then a few days later, I get your response. So you and I instantly, we so we met, uh, well, we corresponded for what, a week? Yeah. Or two, maybe. Maybe two weeks. Digitally, because I had just gotten here. My job was crazy. And we finally decided that we were going to meet. Well, how long did it take you to determine after we were, when you started digitally kind of corresponding, how, how long did it take you to determine that you wanted to meet me? Do you it think? was pretty quick. I mean, I, 
obviously the pictures you're very handsome so that's part of it i'm not gonna lie i was pretty shallow i'm like oh this guy's hot but (laughs) the other part of it was i you were talking to me like i was a fucking human being the things you were saying to me were not all geared towards sex and were not all geared towards you know my ad you understood that i wanted and i think in the ad i had said i want something long term but not necessarily a relationship right or something along those lines and you said you know so that's the way you treated me as like as if this is going to be a friendship that may include some of these elements yeah probably came off more like a business arrangement if i if if i know me that's probably how it sounded like hey this is this is great this is exactly what i need these are the things i do not need (laughs) so i'm sure that's exactly how how i wrote the thing but uh yeah it worked out we met and uh other than work having to go out of town for work you and i have not been apart since so pretty crazy stuff it is crazy yeah it, it worked out very well so what's your story? Uh, you know, for me, it's we have to go way back. So I had to think about this because you and I talked about what we were going to, the episode and how we were going to break it down. And we purposely didn't share any of this information with each other. So I had to, I had to go way back. And we're talking about probably back to 1991, 92. Okay? Wow, I was so, two. Yeah. I, <laughs> matter of fact, it was probably 91 going into 92 because I had not yet moved to Texas. I was still in Atlanta. And I was introduced to a gal through a, what turns out to be a mutual friend of ours, another, another, another woman. She was a mutual friend. I was running a restaurant in Atlanta while I was going to school. I obviously graduated and I went to work for a uh, nursing home for a short period of time, then went right back to the restaurant because that job was terrible. And as I was working there for many years throughout school, I met a number of people. And one of them was this gal. And she and I were very friendly. We got along really well. She was a regular customer, bar customer. Her and her friends would come in all the time. And nothing ever romantic. She was just a nice lady. She said, hey, I've I've got a friend I'm going to introduce you to. I think you guys would get along really well. So a couple of days later, she brings in her girlfriend. And she was attractive. I mean, just really attractive. Now, it, it, it seemed like she had a lot of makeup. She looked like her face was, she was made up. She looked like, I mean, like she was going for a modeling shoot. She had a lot of makeup on, okay? Very pretty, very kind of glasses, hair pulled back. She was coming from work, obviously. She was in a business suit. I thought, okay, this woman's put together, you know, that kind of thing. Well, she asked me if I would if I would go to dinner with her. So I said, sure, absolutely. Night one, we have dinner. And it's a very normal place. We're in a place that I like. I know everybody and we're having a nice dinner. And very quickly, I don't even think appetizers at the table yet. The conversation goes to sexual proclivities. Okay. And she begins to tell me that she doesn't want to waste my time and doesn't want, doesn't want me to be weird about it or anything. It wants to make sure I'm not weird about it. Her whole thing was she was very much into the discipline. She liked being choked and spanked and the hair pulled and the whole nine yards. I am like 21 years old. Okay. <laughs> so everything this woman is saying, I'm 100% listening to because she's like 35. You're okay? hanging so, on her every yeah, word. <laughs> she could have told me that she wanted me to beat her with a newspaper. I couldn't have given a shit. I was just listening intently because she was hot and I wanted to get late. So Eventually, of course, dinner is over. Now, we do not go back to her place or my place that evening. I dropped her off, went home about my business. A few days later, she calls me at work and asks, hey, I'm coming in for drinks tonight. Do you want to see me afterwards? Sure. We end up going back to her place. Once again, I noticed the makeup. Seems like a lot of makeup. It's a little strange because she's super attractive, but I could tell there's a lot of makeup. We go back to her house. I'm sitting on the couch. She's going to change into something. Well, she comes out and she is naked. 
other than this like leather bustier thigh high thing she's got on, which is super sexy. But now I can see parts of her body and she has completely washed her face. She no longer has makeup on. She had a unique skin pigmentation where there were patches of light and dark. And this, this girl was black and Asian. Okay. So her skin was pigmented and it looked like it was leopard like, and it was super sexy. I bet. So I've never seen anything like this in my life at this point. She comes out and of course you, you don't want to be like, wow, what's up with your skin? I was so taken aback by how, how strange it was. I thought, wow, that's fucking crazy. Like, like that, stunning too. Yeah. Like, like artwork. That's, <laughs> yeah. Like that's why she's covering her face because she must be somewhat self-conscious about it. And she was like, look, I wanted you to see all of me. This is what I'm all about. Uh, listen, I'm here to tell you it was on like Donkey Kong. She was, I mean, the, the whole skin thing was, it was, I remember she was on the couch at one point, she was on her back and now she's completely naked and I'm looking at her body and, and she's like, it's like spotted and, and it's just, it was just super erotic. Well, she was totally into pull my hair. T- she had the, the zip ties. She, I, I, at one point had zip ties on her hands. She was totally into it. So from that point on, we ended up having a relationship for like six months where all we did was go through different phases and different styles of BDSM that she was into. And that just took off for me. So she like mentored you as a bottom. Without was- e- without even th- trying to do, it wasn't even part of like, it wasn't a plan. It just yeah. happened. Like I would show up at her apartment and she'd have this great dinner and candles and the whole nine yards and we'd have a normal dinner. And then all of a sudden crack is the whip and here's the paddle. And by the way, do this to, I mean, it was just crazy. It was every, you know, <laughs> I was a kid. It was awesome. You know, what the hell did I care? She had this great fucking condo and you know, she was super hot and I didn't give a shit. So, you know, it was really kind of an exciting time. So from that point on, I had always wanted to get back into it. As it turns out, she took a job, moved out of town. So I never actually saw her again or even heard from her again in those days. But I never, never stopped thinking about for many years how fucking intense that was. Because it really was intense. When you factor in all of, all of the components, my age, her age, how the whole thing went down, how she really just kind of surprised me with the whole look and the, you know, it was just overwhelming. So it definitely left an indelible impression in my brain. But I never again, really had a relationship that was that BDSM centric. Right. You know, it never really happened again. So over the course of my life, I had obviously multiple marriages and I don't even know how many relationships that were essentially the same. It was just a, you know, kind of repetitive thing. And I never got to scratch that itch again, Mm -hmm. which was always missing. And I always knew it was. You know, anytime a relationship ended, I'm like, yeah, I know what the fuck happened. You know, <laughs> I got bored. I totally got bored. So, and then, you know, if you want to get a, we could talk just a little bit about the hot wifing perspective, right? Where that came from. And I don't even really know necessarily that, that it, it, how, I don't know how it happened or why it happened. It, it just happened. I was dating a gal for a while. She was living in Austin when I was in Houston and we were dating. We were not exclusive. We were Three hours away, it just was what Seeing it was. Each other we were hanging possible. out, and yeah, if I was in town or she was in town, we hung out. We both worked in both of those cities at the time, and so it was just very convenient, and very cool. And we had a good time. But she was very open with me, as I was with her, that hey, I'm going out tonight. Not going to be able to call you. I've got a date, whatever. And then it was like a really, it was basically a, a friendship. It was a you know friends with benefits situation. And she would tell me, oh yeah, I went out with this guy the other night. It sucked. It was shit. I'm never going to see him again. Or hey, I went out, had a great time. This guy banged the shit out of me. It was awesome. And I was super turned on by that. Oh. So of course I told you know I never really said to her, oh 
tell me more. You know, <laughs> it was just like, oh, very cool, great. You know, I'll see you when I get in town or whatever. But in the back of my mind, I was like, wow, that's fucking hot. <laughs> so that's really where that started, and that was probably in ninety. 96, 97, you know, when all of that kind of started for me. So, yeah, I never really did fully immerse myself in either of those two types of relationships, but always knew that I needed to. Did you ever bring it up with any of your exes? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. And you know how that goes. It doesn't go well. No. There were some of my exes, obviously, that were bisexual. So there was always the, you know, the other woman component kind of thing. Threesomes once threesomes. in a while. Threesomes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was always... And for, you know, there was, I had one relationship where that was basically the type of sex that we had. It was just weird. Like, there was always another gal around. But it was never, <laughs> it was never like, spoken of. It wasn't like we ever sat down and had a cogent conversation about, hey, this is what I want... And need what is it that you want and need and can we go forward with it or do we just need to kill this thing right now those conversations never took place right i would just kind of stuff it all down or i would mention something in passing you know just kind of throwing a nugget out there and just get shot down instantly and go okay well that's it you know just yeah because you know where it's going after that you know that if you continue to push it it's (laughs) going to be a fucking problem yeah it is not going well so yeah you just back out of it you know and then eventually you know, I got I got here and I thought, fuck it, I am not doing this again. And, and it, 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 there was no reason for me to. There was just no reason to. I thought, fuck it, I'm not going to do it. I want this type of relationship. And there's the ad. So I answered it. But as it turns out, again, our relationship took a turn. Yeah. You know, so the BDSM component, while that was the like the, the starting point and what was the real draw, really, I mean, four months into our relationship, we started swinging. Yeah. You know, that was our first hot wife experience. So, yeah, it kind of kind of took a back seat. Why do you think our relationship took a turn? Because I think it took a turn before we started in the world of consensual non-monogamy. Well, because we originally started out, like when we talked about getting together, like our first few conversations, I remember the conversation we had in our first date. It was like, hey, these are the things I want. I, and you, would, you told me, like, I need structure. You wanted the disciplinary component. We were not going to do anything that resulted in any kind of financial structure. We were going to leave that piece out of it for the most part, but you were going to have protocols and very scheduled kind of regimented type of relationship. And that was, that started out great for the first, you know, week or so that seemed like that was a potentiality, (laughs) but very quickly thereafter, it turned into much more than that for us. It was like, I can't, I don't see her that way. So this is going to be like, it's going to be too difficult to do. This is no longer a quote unquote business arrangement. Like I really dig this girl. So this is going to be a problem. Yeah. You know, and I didn't say anything and you didn't say anything at first (laughs) until it just kind of, we were, I remember exactly where we were sitting. We were sitting at at that bar and I just thought you and I just had this conversation. We're like, well, we need to figure this out because that's not where this belongs. It definitely belongs in the relationship, but that shouldn't be like the basis of it. Focus, yeah. right. So that that's kind of how the whole thing happened. Yeah, because we fall in love with each other. And I think we also realize that truly, like, you are not a dom to me and I am not a sub to you. No. no. I think you have dominant tendencies and I have submissive tendencies. But to call me a sub... I think you'd be far stretched to do so. Only in the, I mean, only when we're intimate. I mean, the truth of the matter is I tell everybody all the time, it's kind of a joke, but I tell people I'm not the boss of me. So, (laughs) um, you know, you basically are. And which is fine. Inside, when we're, when we're having playtime, that's a very different thing. Right. You know, we have a very different kind of dynamic, which just, it it just naturally kind of morphs into that, you know. But when we're not, it's just any other, you know, kind of normal seeming relationship on the surface. But the fact that we did intend to start out that way, 
And kind of quickly, I mean, like I said, what was it, four or five months before we started having the conversations of ethical non-monogamy, and you were actually the one that brought that conversation up. Yes. You started with that. Yeah. And then it was like off to the races. Well, because what also happened during those first four or five months of our relationship is we started talking about everything to do with sex. Like right. you named something to do with sex and we talked about it. We talked about the things we do like, the things we don't like, the things we want to try, the things we've never tried, but maybe slightly interest us. But there was always those little things that like I just couldn't quite say to you yet. Right. Like for example, oh, I'd be so hot to see you fuck another woman, which is what I eventually said. But it took a long time to get there because I was like, oh, my God, if I say this to him and he thinks I'm a fucking slut or I'm crazy or he's totally not into it, there's no stuffing that can of worms back in. Yeah, no, you can't you can't uh, unring that bell. Well, but we talked about everything other than that, honestly. I mean, yeah. we had conversations pertaining to what we each wanted out of the relationship that we were in at that time. But then for whatever reason, you went into or I asked you, what is it that you're looking for next? Like, where do you want to go with this next kind of thing? And that's when you said, I really think it would be hot to see you with another woman. And yep. then I very quickly snapped off with, well, I think it would be super hot to see you with another guy. And you were <laughs> so taken aback. Like, you were so shocked. I'm like, wait, what? You want the same things I do? You're yeah. as slutty as me? <laughs> yeah, you were, well, you were, but you were surprised that I said it. Did you not think that that was like something I could even be open to? Back then? Uh, I thought you would be open to... Uh, see, stereotypically speaking, here I am thinking, oh, he's going to be super excited by the idea of fucking another woman. So I thought you'd be into that. No, I did not think you were going to follow it up with, and you should fuck another dude too. Yeah, no, that was like, as soon as you said that to me, I thought, well, certainly, because had you not said that, I don't know how long it would have taken me to tell you. But because you said that to me, I thought, well, shit, she said it to me. I, I got nothing to lose. Like, you know, <laughs> what, what is she going to say? No. Well, isn't it crazy to think like, what if I'd never said that? Yeah. What if that one sentence never came out of my mouth? I don't know. I think Where would, would our relationship be? I think we would have gotten here anyway. It would have taken a little bit longer, but we would have gotten here. Yeah, but how different would our journey have been? Don't know. Different. And how long sure. would it have taken? How much time would we have wasted not telling each other what we wanted yeah. and like wanting these things behind the scenes and masturbating about them and thinking about them, but not actually doing them? No, it, there's no telling. It could have taken a while, but I do think eventually we'd have gotten there. I mean, we were moving so quickly. It was like, a, it was like you, you learned a new skill. Right when we when we got together, yeah. Because a at new that language, point, that's what it felt like. Yeah, because at that point, I was able to just say whatever the fuck I wanted to. Because honestly, in the back of my mind, when we first met, I'm thinking, I don't know her. She doesn't know me. What the fuck does it matter? Right. You know, I've been here for like six minutes. Who gives a shit? What you know? Well, and if it doesn't work out, we neither yeah. of us put a lot of efficacy on it to begin with. Because it yeah. was like this is just this isn't a long term thing. This is just a fun, you right. know, BDSM arrangement, like we said. So yeah. there was a lot less pressure, and I think that actually helped a lot too. It did, based on how we met. I was like, well, fuck. I, there's no expectation here. I can yeah. tell her that I eat shit and bark at the moon. Who cares? <laughs> you know? So it just didn't matter at that point. But we were in a relationship at the time that you and I had the ethical non-monogamous conversation. So things were a little bit more, I don't want to say reserved or a little bit more controlled in terms of conversation. But certainly, I, in hindsight, I probably should have just told you day one, hey, these are the, this is what I want to do down the road. We'd have been just fine. Right. We'd have been swinging like in the second week of our relationship. <laughs> but, you know, who knew, you know? Yeah. And we still got there pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, like six months, five months, something like that. <laughs> and as quickly as we got there, we it just took off. Yeah. You know, and still the BDSM component is very much alive and well in our bedroom, but it is difficult sometimes to find like playmates for us. Fortunately, we have our single gal playmate, Hannah, who is a hundred percent sub and is one hundred percent down with the space of BDSM, and we love that about her. 
Yeah. Well, and I've also gotten to explore a lot of my primal side, but I've learned from some of the things you and I did together was that I am not necessarily into the super regimented play. I don't necessarily always, I mean, I've fantasized about the protocol thing again once in a while, but what I'm really geared towards is that primal predator, primal prey play. And Clint is fucking perfect with that. Well, that's the thing. So he fits in very well on in, in that category because you're able to experience that with him and experiment those with those things with him. And then with Hannah, you know, we play with her together often. And then when I play with her alone, it's very primal. Which is, you know, again, you, I get to kind of open up and do those things. And for you and I, we experience them, you know, through osmosis with each other anyway. Yeah. You know, it's all kind of, it's all relative to how we play anyhow. Yeah. So it's a very cool combination. I dig it. So, so where does it go from here? Our BDSM play? Yeah. You know, I, we've talked about this all the time. We have wanted to expand our BDSM play. I do not think we can effectively do it where we currently live. Once we get out on the road and start doing our thing and moving and traveling and that kind of stuff, I think we need to experiment with that a lot more. We met some amazing folks in Denver uh, at a facility that are, they're geared towards that. And we really enjoyed their, their company. We had a great conversation with those folks. So those places are out there and, you know, in the more, in the bigger cities, you know, places that are really more open-minded, I think, than, than the location we are currently in. So once we are able to get out of here a little bit more, I think we should experiment with that more. So we, I've also talked to you about a single gentleman that I know that is pretty geared towards the BDSM play. Yes. And we've kind of steered away from it because of the friendship that he and I've had. Yeah. <laughs> and Well, where does that stand? Because there's a very unique situation going on with him right now. I don't know. I mean, he's still, we still talk about it from time to time and more so like him asking for advice or us just picking each other's brains. It's not necessarily like, Hey, can I come over when all this is over and flog your ass? It hasn't been like that, but it, he brings it up a lot. And I do, I think that there's a potential there if certain boundaries are set. I don't know. I guess I don't know how I feel about that. Do you think it starts out with him? If something starts out at all, if it starts out with him as strictly a BDSM type play and without a sexual component or is that even a, is that a conversation what does that even look like i don't know i mean potentially i think if he wants to just learn some things i'm super open to that i right. don't know how you feel about that but oh, I, i'm fine with that i you know i think the, we all the three of us have to have a conversation because we the three of us have never had this conversation together no you you're only one that's actually speaking to him about this in fact i've only met him one time briefly so we need to have a conversation once you decide that that's the direction you want to go and here's the truth of it originally when we started initially thinking and talking about this it was what a year ago maybe yeah. more something like that a year probably yeah uh, the world looked different very right so now you got to consider the fact that you, you do know him we do understand who he is and what he's all about and what he's doing and you know you've known him for years so there's a there's a safety com- component there right, right. a trust kind of factor that's important now to us might not be a terrible idea to consider that as a possibility well that was kind of my thought too even if it is just to you know throw around some bdsm techniques and talk about those things and i guess i'm sometimes hungry even for just conversations about it yeah because you and i are not good at that when we are talking about something to do with bdsm it's usually right before we have sex yeah (laughs) And, that, and then there's no conversation. And, you know, the munches, like we've talked about, are not necessarily a great fit. But I miss that. I miss being able to just communicate with someone about how I'm feeling about those things. Because it's it's weird how earlier just this episode I was talking about how I, di- you know, I liked the fact that I don't feel normal. And that BDSM makes me feel abnormal. And I love that feeling.
healing. But at the same time, sometimes I sit here with my own thoughts about BDSM and I'm like, am I fucking weird? Is this weird? I wish someone, I could just have someone to bounce ideas off of and not feel quite as alone. Well, the other thing we need to be able to do is to be in a place with people that are obviously more open-minded in a more, you know, accepting setting where these conversations can happen openly, cogently, thoughtfully, right. more frequently. But until then, it would be nice to have a friend to be able to do that. For sure. With. So if this, you know, if he is an opportunity to do that and, you know, listen, like we've, we've talked about this and we just talked about it with some of our friends last night, we are going to be playing with people we know initially. That's just how this is going to be until we all, until we figure out what is best for us. Right. So we have some friends that we are going to probably meet first before anything else. And that's just the way it is. And this particular person, been a friend of yours for a long time, a lot of years. If that's an opportunity, maybe that makes sense for us. Yeah. You know, we're going to stick to, stick to the folks we know. Yes. Right Stick now. to that's, the holes you know. <laughs> stick to the holes you know. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it just makes sense. And we have some amazing friends. There's no reason for us not to. Yeah. You know, now that our, our state has opened up a bit, will tomorrow for sure open up uh, again, phase one or phase two tomorrow, I should say. We'll have more opportunity to see our friends. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. So that was a nice trip down memory lane. It's been a long time since we've talked about some of this stuff. Well, or never. I, we never talked about some of it. I yeah, never I knew about the hot chick that, you know, with yeah. the corset and the... I haven't, I haven't thought about her years until you and I started talking about this conversation earlier today. I Dang. thought, holy shit, that, that goes back, man. I, I mean, that's way back. Yeah. Yeah, I was just a youngster. Too bad we don't know her now. No, I, no, I have no. I mean, I literally that relationship was like hot and heavy for six months. And she's like, oh, I took this job. I want to say she moved to like Minnesota or something. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I was fuck. I was a kid. I you know wasn't a big deal in those days. But you know, she was. It was hot. It was a hot experience, and it definitely changed how I looked at sex for sure. Yeah, it changed. A, it changed a lot of those ideas. No doubt about it. Pretty cool. Yeah, I cool think how so. that happens. I love how these like weird. Granted, mine was middle school being tied up in my parents' basement, which is a how bit you more didn't weird, have sex with that kid is beyond me. Something's going because on. I wasn't a sexual person at that time. Well, he damn sure must have been. He was a, ju- a kid in junior high. His hormones were running like <laughs> fucking crazy. No, he was very respectful. That's so interesting. And yeah. you never talked to him again. Never. Well, he's a shibari master somewhere. <laughs> Maybe we'll run into him one day too. Maybe. Just a just a reunion with all of our kinky past people. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so fun. <laughs> it would be. It would be interesting to see where everybody ended up. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not really sure. Yeah. You know, that gal that I spoke of was also very into women as well. I'd be very surprised if there wasn't some... She wasn't with a woman for a period of time. Also, she talked about wanting that kind of relationship as well. Oh, she sounds like a good time. She was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, she's our kind of person. So we hope that you guys enjoyed that. We usually don't talk this much about like are just ourselves aside from sex. <laughs> so this is interesting and I really enjoyed it. Well, I thought, you know, here's what's, here's kind of why I agreed that we should probably do something like this. I don't put a lot of efficacy into my background. I mean, everybody tells me, oh, it's so interesting. You need to do this. You need to write a book. You need to tell a story. You need oh, all you that totally shit. Do. I don't put a lot of efficacy into that. However, I am now in the final two of Billy Proceda's The Man Whore podcast bracket for like the most popular episode. Yeah. So I'm super excited about that. I had no idea I was going to get... I mean, I was in the final four, and now I'm in the final two. I'm up against some stiff competition. People like you. It's interesting. We'll see. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah. And as I promised Billy, 
if he wants it, if I win this whole thing, I'll give him some more some more details. Yeah, he It'll only does in person interviews, so you might have to wait a bit. But well, we'll see him at some point. <laughs> you know, someday Vegas is going to open again. Who the hell knows when? <laughs> you know, we'll probably have to sit between you know glass like we're in county jail, but we could certainly talk to each other. Yeah, I'd go to Vegas and sit behind partition right now. I don't give a fuck. Ugh, it's crazy. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to dinner tomorrow. Dinner tomorrow night. It'd yes. almost be like a private room because there's only like two tables per fucking section. <laughs> so we'll have our own private dining room. Does it's that mean we can good. do naughty shit under the table? Sure. If Fuck you yeah. Wear I'm a sundress in. and no panties. Oh, that's I like that yeah. bargain. I'm yeah. in. Yeah, we might even be able to sit Sold. on the patio if the weather permits. We'll have to see. It's been nice. Yeah, so that'll be nice. I'm looking forward to it. All right, guys, so we have a lot of fun stuff coming up. We have an interview in the works for next week or for, I should say, a coming week, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. Um, just in general, we've had some really fun ideas that have come out of all of this and uh, really excited to share some of them with you. So stay tuned for future episodes of FPS. And you never know when we're going to get naughty again because, you know, our state's open. It is. It and, is. And, it, you know, we're we're talking about that. It's so. gonna, Yeah, it's going to be a process, no doubt about it. But uh, one I am looking forward to. Fuck yeah. If you guys are not already following us on social media, please make sure you do so. We are on Twitter and Instagram at FP Swingers. You can also find our YouTube channel called Front Porch Swingers. Lots of fun stuff on there, including our promescent video about their delay spray. Make sure you check that one out. And our Tremor video, which is yes. fucking awesome. People love the Tremor. Oh, I love the Tremor. Who doesn't love the Tremor? Oh, gosh. <laughs> What else do we have? Uh, I think that's it. We've got an episode coming up uh, where I interviewed Adam from uh, the Naked Relationship Podcast. That was a lot of fun. Speaking of which, I don't know exactly which day we're going to release that yet, but if you want to know which day it is, well, as soon as it hits, you can do so if you're subscribed to us on whichever platform you're currently listening on. And if you haven't left, left us a review on Apple Podcasts yet, we would super appreciate it. Yes, we would. Lots of fun stuff coming up. June 1st, big day for us. June, yeah, June announcement 1. coming, guys. May 7th is a big day for us. Well, sort of. Yeah, we can't. I mean, we can't let it out it's, just yet. It could be months before it comes out. Or a couple. Or we have one. some really fun shit coming up, guys. Yeah. Just, just stay tuned. That's the point. Just yeah. stay tuned. May seventh. We're All gonna right. be. We're gonna have a good time on May seventh. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good one, and thanks so much for listening. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>